0: The Basics of Chassidus, Chapter 8, Section 5, The Method The Way to Gain Control Now that we have outlined the objective of divine service, let us discuss some of the strategies to apply it in practicality. Rather than pursuing attainment, we know to focus on our life choices. Serving God means to first and foremost think, speak, and do only what God wants from us. The question is, how do we make this happen? Within Tanya, several methods are presented, each providing specific strategy to gain proper success in the service of God. We ultimately arrive at what the Altareba calls the longer but shorter way. This term is a Talmudic expression describing a longer route which smoothly leads to the desired destination rather than a shortcut that ends up to be impassable. Unwilling to provide a quick fix that will not last, the Altareba uses his famous cognitive approach to give the godly soul the clarity and know-how to gradually influence the entire psyche to serve God. Number one, Recognizing God's Authority The first step in successfully aligning all thoughts, speech, and actions to follow God's will is Kabbalah's oil malchus shomayim, the acceptance of God's authority. Defined in Tanya as the beginning of Aveda as well as its core and root, the submission to God is the very basis of Avoda Hashem. Personal motivation and dedication have their limits. Often they are built on personal gain or self-concern and can easily be disrupted by a negative impulse seeking to drag the person in an opposite direction. Even wholehearted love for God is also limited by the constraints of our subjective feelings and can falter. Kabbalah's oil is a basic level of bittle and fear of God which is caused by the recognition of God's supremacy, rather than the fear of punishment. The Alter Rebbe guides the person to visualize that they are standing in God's presence, and the Almighty puts aside all other affairs to look closely and search one's innermost thoughts and emotions to see if they are serving him as is fitting. When we deeply ponder God's ultimate greatness alongside his ultimate interests that we each serve him properly in all we do, we can each achieve firm resolve to serve God. Ultimately, Kabbalist oil reframes the entire person. Rather than seeing oneself as a private individual who wishes to engage in a relationship with God, the person views themselves as an avid. A dedicated servant whose own self interest is of no concern. Shaping the mindset. A critical component of the Hasidic approach to divine service is it being a preemptive approach. Instead of simply solving problems, Hasidus provides strategy to avert struggles before they can begin. This is especially true when it comes to Kabbalah soil. One cannot rely on the assumption that in the moments of struggle, one will have the presence of mind to generate such unyielding submission to God. Kabbalah soil must come a matter of routine and lifestyle. Several times a day, one should focus their thoughts to contemplate these ideas. Doing so, causes one's general thought pattern to eventually become set upon subservience to God and fulfilling His will. This explains the Torah's emphasis that the Jewish people are God's servants, as demonstrated in the verse, For the children of Israel are servants to me, they are my servants. Although each Jew is described as God's beloved child, there is a drawback to the child-parent relationship, that is compensated for by Kabbalah soil. Children are inclined to love their parents and are conditioned to appreciate similar pursuits. However, there is little accountability when the child fails to display that love or share similar interests. In contrast, a servant may not appreciate why their master wishes particular tasks performed, and they may not find personal affinity with the master, but that's of no concern. Regardless of their personal interests, they are nevertheless responsible to perform the master's bidding. I am a servant, so my master I must serve. Similarly, <clears throat> the is to recognize that their bond with God is not only familial, but professional as well. Kabbalah surly illuminates that God isn't only my father, He is also my master and king. Therefore, our takes on steadfast resolve. Even when the childlike passion and common appreciation are lacking, the Jew forges ahead. The servant-like Kabbalah's oil causes the Jew to be fully committed to fulfilling God's mitzvahs and avoiding any possible transgression. Empowered by Kabbalah soil, the Jews' unwavering dedication surpasses all limitations. This leaves the Nefesh Bahamis unable to derail the soul's committed efforts, and it too begrudgingly cooperates with the Nefesh HaLikis. The theme of Kabbalah soil is also reflected in the Jewish people's role as Tzivus Hashem, the army of God. In the military, the commander's orders must be fulfilled without question, regardless of the soldier's personal level of motivation. Similarly, a Jew can realize that we are each soldiers of the Almighty, the ultimate commander in chief. Number two, recognizing God's oneness. The Shulchan Aruch begins with the instruction of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. I have set God before me at all times. On a basic level, this refers to the constant awareness of being in the company of the omnipresent God. By recognizing that God is always with each individual, the person can achieve a heightened sense of yiras shamayim, fear and reverence of heaven. This instruction takes on greater depth and application in light of how Chassidus teaches. Achdus Hashem. When one internalizes that God is the only true existence and all of creation is completely bottled to him, setting God before oneself becomes the recognition that there is none but God. The world, and all that fills it, has no independent substance whatsoever. God is all that matters. He is truth of all that is." In context of our discussion, this appreciation of achdash Hashem can play an important role in ensuring proper observance of God's will. As explained above, the godly soul naturally wishes to fulfill God's commandments to the fullest, and it is the animalistic soul and the worldly temptations which get in the way. Now, when the person internalizes this God-centered perspective, sin becomes an outlandish impossibility. One realizes that God is constantly recreating the world which lacks any inherent substance. All components of the temptation to possibly transgress God's will or to be lax in a mitzvah are all right now being made by God from utter nothingness. There are simply no circumstances in which God's world can possibly get in the way of serving the one God. Nothing else actually matters, and this truth can be reflected in every thought, spoken word, and action. Number 3. The Hidden Love While the above strategy of internalizing achdash Hashem is indeed effective, it can be difficult to accomplish. To be so immersed in the reality of God's oneness, all while living a physical life in this world, is more of a feat than a standard expectation. What then is the more accessible way to always serve God that the Torah even reiterates, ki kare for this matter is very near to you. Beyond the difficulty involved with constantly remembering God's oneness to the point that one never commits any infraction of God's will, there is yet another drawback with the above approach. The verse states that it is very possible to serve God in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. While one can interpret the words in your heart to refer to one's thoughts, nevertheless, on a primary level, the verse is referring to emotional feelings. It must be fully possible for the average person to arouse feelings of loving attachment to God and fear of separation from him, which can be channeled into daily observance. What is this exceedingly possible approach? Here, the Alter Rebbe introduces the idea of the inborn Ahava Musuteris, the hidden love for God found within every Jew. This love is very accessible because its manifestation is only the result of revealing what is already there. Rather, by starting from scratch, generating love and dedication for God by contemplating intellectual ideas which trigger emotion, one needs to awaken the love already found within. The origin of this love relates to the deepest elements of our character and surpasses the limitations of most interpersonal relationships. This Ahava Mesuteres is an inheritance from our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, who were known to be a conduit and vehicle for the divine. Their love for God was more about connection than just passion. Feelings can only run so deep, but their attachment to God knew no bounds. One might consider the will to live to be one of the deepest layers of the human psyche, but for them dedication to God was more important than self-preservation. Our holy forefathers were ready to do anything for God, without asking why. Notably, this love carries a component of fear of heaven. Along with the utmost dedication to fulfil God's instructions, there is the obvious commitment not to transgress His will. This dynamic of love and fear creates a type of attachment that makes separation feel completely unbearable. By teaching that every Jew has this dedication and love for God within their innermost hearts, the Alter Rebbe explained the phenomenon of Mesir Snefesh, Jewish self-sacrifice. Throughout our history of persecution, Countless Jews lost their lives simply because they refused to renounce their Jewish belief. To serve another God and reject the faith of their fathers was just too much to bear. Instead, they made the ultimate sacrifice. This begs the question, why didn't the will to survive, the basic desire to live and not die, get in the way? So many of these martyrs did not even live fully observant lifestyles. Why wouldn't they prefer to live as Gentiles than to die as Jews? The secret of the Jewish soul which defies logical calculation is the Ahava Masuteris. Just as the forefathers saw themselves as inseparable from God, Every Jew intrinsically desires to be connected to God, wants to fulfill his will, and cannot bear to sever this bond. This bond surpasses logic, and this boundless love defies quantification. Uneducated Jews who stood at the foot of the Spanish Inquisition's auto fe did not think it through, and European Jewish families did not weigh their options when faced with the sword of the Crusaders. Somehow being Jewish and faithful to God simply provides an unequivocal sense of identity. This hidden love can be described as essential to the very definition of what a Jew is. Although it is not always realized, and at times it may be misdirected, this unexplainable feeling of connection and identity remains. This is transferred as an inheritance from our forefathers because for them, connection to God was more than a personal perspective or a personality trait, it was who they were. While not all descendants share their ancestors' traits or appearances, this core identity of our forefathers manages to come through. God grants every Jew this same ability to allow their divine bond to be who they are, both idealistically and practically. Not only does every Jew possess a godly soul within, this godly connection can actually have life-changing influence. Even the simplest Jew can have the unbreakable conviction that makes separating from God an utter impossibility.